Who's going to receive? Amen. Glory to God. I believe you. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9. A Holy Ghost weekend is designed by the Lord to be a weekend that's given to the Lord, uh, to give to Him, to receive from Him. And uh, we always wrap it up with the Holy Spirit service at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. We start it early so we can go as long as He wants us to or short, whichever one He wants us to. And uh, Brother Hagen. It was funny, he'd been in ministry for many years, and uh, the Lord spoke to him about a Holy Ghost service, and uh, he said, Lord, uh, what is a Holy Ghost service? He said, I'm ashamed, ashamed to tell you, I don't know what it is. And he said, it's where the Word is ministered or preached and taught. He have the gifts of the Spirit in operation, and the joy of the Lord is manifesting. Amen. So what you just saw was the gifts in operation right there. That's a, what you just saw there uh, was a word of knowledge. It's a word of knowledge on uh, an item and an issue that's being had. So there's your gifts in operation. I believe we'll see more before the afternoon is over. But uh, that's the Lord showing us that he knows what's going on, you know. Uh, honestly, uh, I would, I, Barrett would have been probably the last person I thought that would have gotten up for that. I didn't, that surprised me. I didn't know who it was. I just know uh, the word. So amen. That's the gifts in operation. We'll see more. But uh, you have the word taught and you have the joy. And specifically about the joy, I want you to see this in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. You remember, um, you remember in our confessions that we speak on a regular basis, we'll make this statement. We hate sin, love righteousness, and are walk in holiness and are anointed. Uh, if, if you have that ready, put that up on there. It's one of the confessions we make all throughout the week on the Lunch Plus broadcast. Uh, but we'll speak it in prayer at times. We did it Friday night at Friday night prayer. You can go ahead and put it up as soon as you have it. And, uh, but we say, we say that. We, we love righteousness, hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed. Right? You were anointed by him. Well, that comes from this verse because you see that this is what Jesus did. So look at Hebrews 1 and verse 8. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. Your righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. So what you see is that righteousness is the scepter, okay? Walking in righteousness. A king has a scepter. Oh, we're rolling our sleeves up. There you go. There's, there's the, uh, there's the um, confession. We are, not that one. Almost was it. You, you don't have to put it back up. I, I quoted what I wanted to out of it. But uh, you see that righteousness is the scepter of the kingdom.
In other words, righteousness is like when a king has a scepter. You know, if he had a certain motion and he pointed it at you and that meant blessed, then he would take that scepter, it would represent his authority, and you'd be blessed because he pointed it at you. So people probably be lining up trying to get in front of the point, you know. Like, where's he going to point it at next? You know, where's he going to point? And they would be blessed. It was the scepter. It was a symbol of authority of his blessing. Righteousness is. Uh, when I spoke with uh, Pastor E.A. Adeboye over in Nigeria, if you don't know them, uh, their covered space is 1.3 miles by 1.3 miles. Over a million people fit in that when they come together and have their conference. And uh, when he didn't build that ministry on American money. He built it in Nigeria, in third world, third world economy, right? And that's because God's promises work wherever you are and whatever economy you are. His blessings and his promises are real and they're true. Amen. You feel better? Is it gone? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Give them praise. Amen. Hallelujah. So then you see, but uh, Pastor Adeboye said this to me when uh, we met with him. He said, holiness is the master key. Or walking out righteousness and walking out the righteousness of Christ, walking in holiness, it's the master key. When we walk in our righteousness, it's actually the key that unlocks everything. Well, the Bible tells us that righteousness is the scepter of the kingdom. I'm not going to get into it, but righteousness and holiness are different, uh, but they are very similar in that. When you walk out righteousness, you're doing the right things in God. You've been made righteous, declared righteous. Holiness is when you walk out that righteousness, when you decide to make those choices, and you're walking out righteousness. So when you walk in holiness, you are walking out the righteousness, which is the scepter of the kingdom. Okay, the scepter of the kingdom. It gives you authority. So when you, when you walk in righteousness, it gives you an authority so that when you speak to that sickness, it has to go. Right? You know how many times I've prayed and it didn't come off of somebody right then? You know, or like Kevin last week, it didn't come off of somebody. Or like Miss Patty Jean, it didn't come off. You know how many times I've been praying for people and the glory didn't hit them before I got to them, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, she was telling me this morning, I was praying for somebody else, and she was standing right here, and she said, you were praying for them. I started shaking. That's where the anointing comes down, and, it, and it's going out. There is something about the proximity of the anointing. I heard Ted Shellsworth Sr. talking about that. You know, this is why for me, for me, I want on the front row every time, like every time. If I can be there, if I'm not serving somewhere else, put me up front because I want to be in proximity of the anointing, especially when somebody's walking at it. You know, it reminds me of what Buddy was just saying in John chapter 6. And if you look at that passage, that very much goes along with what we preach this morning and taught. If you look at that passage, you watch the fruit... And see, the disciples saw the fruit. Some of them didn't. And some of them said, well, you know, I just can't understand that. They didn't walk in humility. And because they didn't walk in humility, they never carried the grace and the greater grace. 
Now, they walked in humility. They saw the fruit of Jesus said, how can we go against the fruit that we're seeing? How can we go against that? You have the words of life. You speak, life happens. You speak, the, the clouds shut down, the storm shut down. So when you see people that are operating in that, you pay attention to it, and you make sure that you connect with that on some level as the Lord leads you to, right? You don't take it for granted. You don't just throw it away. You don't become familiar with it. A lot of people were familiar with Jesus, and because of that, they didn't receive. People in Nazareth, he could do, he could do no mighty work. Not didn't do, could do, right? So when you see, and the reason why was because they became familiar, they became familiar with Jesus. Is this not the carpenter's son? In other words, they're just looking at a little boy that grew up on the, on the streets, right? They're looking at the little boy. That's all they're seeing. They're not seeing the Son of God. They're not seeing the Savior of all mankind. Although that's what he was, they looked at that familiarity. See, I can come in and I can joke. I can have fun with you. We can pick around. We can, we can do different things. Earlier this week, Chris and I were riding motorcycles together. But here's the issue. He's got to understand what that position is. I can have fun, and I'll teach him. Most, most pastors will do this. No, I can't get that close to you. No, you can't come closer. You can't come closer. The problem with that for me is that I don't see Jesus doing that. I see Jesus coming into the lives of people, but I see him teaching them how to not get familiar. Okay? So the responsibility of not being familiar is on the disciple. So they start to recognize the fruit. They recognize the anointing. Uh, one time we were in the old building. We've actually had this multiple times. A few weeks ago, I stepped in front of Kevin, and uh, man, he felt the anointing. He, he blew back. And, and you remember that? You about took out a couple of people in the window. But uh, we were praying for healing, like, don't let him break something, Lord. Amen. And, um, but the issue is in the old building one time, uh, I was praying for people, and there was the guy, and he came up, like, to me, me uh, to Chris, and uh, he came up, and he got about five feet away, and he went, boom, like that, and knocked out on the floor. And this was a, this was a big guy. And uh, what was that? That was the anointing that's come out. So you do pay attention to that, and, and that's what they were experiencing in the book of Acts. Have I told you about the week of Acts, amazing Acts we're going to have? We're going to have like a revival on the book of Acts, and we're going to preach it, and faith, faith is going to be had because when you preach on something, you'll get faith for it. Anybody want to see some amazing acts in your life? Amen. That's coming up. We're setting the date for it. So that's coming up. So in the book of Acts, they said they laid people so that they could come within a distance of the shadow of Peter. Right? In the shadow. A shadow's distance. They said, if I can just get them close to the anointing of Jesus that's flowing through them, then all of a sudden they can get healed. So they were laying people on the street just waiting for Peter to walk by. That's amazing. So you pay attention to that fruit. So this morning, Miss Patty, that's what you were experiencing is I came here, I came to the back row, and uh, she said, you were praying for that person. I, I started shaking. Did you see me shaking? I saw you shaking when I got in front of you, but not... And I apologize, I was paying attention here. And she said, I started shaking. She's experiencing the flow of that anointing. Now, again, is that me by myself? No, it's not me by myself. 
What is that anointing? That's Christ's anointing. There's one anointing, one calling, right? One anointing, one calling, and it's all got to do with Jesus. The calling of Christ, the anointing of Christ, it's his. It's his. The issue is he lets us flow with it. And it's not just on pastors. It's on any believer. Any believer that will walk in it. And that anointing can flow. Right? That anointing can flow. And, and who wants that anointing to flow through you? Woo! I do. I need that anointing. Because just what I shared this morning, sometimes I come under attacks too. And you know what I need in those moments? The anointing. The anointing. I need the same anointing you need. I need the same flow that you need. I need the anointing. Glory to God. Look at this. Hebrews 1 verse 8. But of the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. In other words, the things I'm talking about here, they don't end. They don't end. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of the kingdom. Let me, now, let me, let me just give you something. I need, hand me a mic. Now, you, don't, you don't have to turn it on. Just kidding. Yep. All right. So let's pretend this is the scepter. And it's the righteous scepter, the scepter of the kingdom, right? Blessed, amen. Blessed, blessed, whoever you have, blessed, amen. All right, blessed, hallelujah. And uh, so it's the scepter of the kingdom, right? Watch, it's the scepter of the king's domain. In other words, righteousness allows us to point the dominion of the king at a situation and deal with it. Yeah. See, I can point I can I can point at a sickness or something. Let's say that you had a sickness trying to attack you or you you were walking this way like like me this morning, right? I'm I'm not I wasn't being attacked with sickness, but I was being attacked just like other people were being attacked. I recognize the last couple of days really frustrated with it honestly, and that's what I was telling us about. How do we deal wisely with an attack? If you didn't hear that or see that, go watch this morning. The practical wisdom of God and strategy to deal with those attacks. Well, let let's say that it, the attack is sickness. You know, I can have that try to attack me. You can have it try to attack you. What we do with it is is going to determine the outcome. But see, I can take, let's say sickness is trying to attack you. I can take the righteousness of God. Who's been made the righteousness of God in Christ? According to 2 Corinthians 5.21, I can take that righteousness and say, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Sickness, you have no right to stay in this body. Poverty. You have no right to stay in this family. And I can take righteousness, point it at that kingdom of darkness, and now the kingdom of light, you know, I'm just saying point it at. It's not like don't y'all don't go around town like zzz, zzz. Don't do that. They already think we're weird enough. Don't help them, all right? That's not how it works, you know. As I saw a, I saw a video of some woman. I think she was a witch, and uh, I saw a video, and she, a cop was trying to like get her off of the property, and she was going, ah, ah, and the, and the cop was like tase, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, it don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that, okay? So don't go around town like ah. 
I zap that sickness off of you. And I zap that poverty off. No, don't do that. Like, anyway, so, but as, <laughs> as, and see, this is the joy in manifestation in the Holy Ghost. See, it's already starting. Holy Ghost service. So, I'm using this as an example in the spirit we have righteousness, which is our authority. And when we point our authority at something that's not right, that's attacking someone, now that's the scepter of the domain of the king, the king's domain, the kingdom. It's the scepter. It's the thing that handles that sickness. It's the thing that handles that weight, that, that thing. And so that righteousness is the scepter. Okay? It's the scepter. And you utilize it like what just happened a few minutes ago, like what happened this morning, like what happened last week, like what happened a couple of weeks after, before that, like what happened in the last prayer when I just came and I didn't even pray for you. I just laid my hand on you and you got healed. Right? Same thing happened with you, happened with Rachel, wherever she is back there. And, uh, you know, that same thing when you, you got zapped by the power of God last week. You know, she told me, she said, I didn't even know I was shaking. She said, I, I, I felt something. I was like, do you realize you were shaking? I didn't even have my hands on you, right? It's the anointing of God. And then I laid hands on her and she went, boom. And then she told me at lunch, she said, I didn't even know I laid out. I didn't even know I, I, I got hit by the Holy Ghost till I opened my eyes and I was on the ground. Awesome. That's the Lord. It's not me. It's not me. It's the righteousness of God. Now see, so the righteousness of God is the scepter. Okay? There's a, <laughs> if you want to see how to do it wrong, there's a guy on the internet somewhere you will not have to search for. Just type in the search bar for magic missile, right? Magic missile. Has anybody seen that before? That's going to be awesome. You, when, you, when you see it, uh, he's pretending to be a fictional character like a wizard, and he's, uh, it's interesting. Anyway, you can, you can. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Probably shouldn't even told you about it. <laughs> Verse 9, Jesus, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. So what's he telling us how to move into? He's telling us how to move into the righteous scepter of the kingdom. Yeah. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. I know the Lord showed this to me. Anybody ever in your life, you don't have to raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Um, anybody, anybody in your life and uh, you, you've, been, you've struggled with sin before? I have. I'll tell you. I have. And uh, I have. You know, it, it's funny. We, Serena, we were talking, you and Buddy and Nicole and I were talking about, you know, airing out your stuff and your trials and stuff. And the, like today's, you know, exactly what I was telling you about. But uh, one of the things is, any, anybody ever, don't raise your hand, anybody ever struggled with sin before and it's like been trying to get rid of something and it just weren't going? 
just wasn't going, right? I've been there. I've, I've been there. I've been like, it! I'm tired of this. I don't like it. I don't want it gone. And then I do it again. And I'm like, doggone it. Doggone it. And I want it to go. Well, one of the things the Lord told me is, you need to start making a better confession over that sin. First of all, stop saying that you can't get rid of it. Second of all, stop saying that you're a sinner. Right? But what you can say, because if I say I'm a sinner, that's what I don't like about some of these step programs and everything is like, well, I'll always be this. That's a lie. That's not what God says. He says he's made you the righteousness of God in Christ. He's removed your sin as far as the east is from the west, thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers your sin no more. You ain't that anymore. You've been made a new creation and a new creature, right? And so I don't like that. But what you can say is when that temptation comes up, you can say it. I hate sin. Now, your flesh is not saying that. Your flesh is saying, gimme, 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 gimme. I want that. Let's do that. Because sin is pleasurable to the flesh for a season. But the real you, the, the inner man, the spirit man, you can speak out of that spirit man and you can even speak by faith while your flesh is going, gimme, gimme, gimme. You can speak by faith out of the inner man, out of the spirit and say, I hate sin. I hate sin. And confess it. You might not want to do that in the line at the bank. <laughs> at least not out loud and in a shout. Like I said, there's some things, you know, you'd be amazed at what some people take away. And you would think I wouldn't have to say that. But if you've been in ministry long enough, you start giving disclaimers for things after, you know, like telling both sides of the story. Because you'd be amazed what, what can happen and, and people think sometimes, you know. Yeah. You can't jump me in line. Zap! In Jesus' name. Ah! In the name of Jesus. What church are you? I got a boomerang. I hate sin. People already have enough hurdles to jump over without us adding some weirdness to it, right? You can, you know, you're tempted, you're in the bank line, there's a lot of people around you. Just in the name of Jesus, I hate sin. Do you know, I, I hate sin. You, know, I, you can even say it under your breath. I hate sin. I hate sin. You know? Don't go over in the corner and be like, I hate sin, I hate sin, you know, like my precious, you know, don't, don't do that either. Like, you know, I got I to gotta give both sides of this because you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed what, what ideas. People have enough hurdles. Don't give them any extra because of some weird soulish idea coming out of your brain or, you know. People try to be mature. It's like that guy that told uh, Teddy one time. He said, Teddy, Ted uh, Shellsworth Jr., I got a revelation. He said, huh? 
Yeah, I figured it out. He says, when I spin clockwise, <laughs> I'm agreeing with God. But if I want to break the stuff of the devil, if I spin counterclockwise or whatever it was, something like that, Just authority doesn't come by many words and authority doesn't come by volume. Now, sometimes authority is represented by volume, but it's not the volume that makes it an authority, right? I can, you're, you know, Jesus can say, peace, be still. That's all he's got to say, in authority, not in volume, right? You don't have to be weird with it. I hate sin. But that's something that the Lord gave to me. He said, he said well, if you're, you've been struggling with something, just, just confess it. I hate sin. It helps locate who you are in Christ and sets up a direction for you to go. I hate sin. What you're also doing is you're lining up with this scripture that says, Jesus loved righteousness and hated lawlessness or hated sin. And look at what happens next. He, he loved righteousness, hated lawlessness or hated sin. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you. He's talking about Jesus, but he's talking for, about anyone who will step in the same steps has anointed you with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy. Turn to Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. He's anointed you. So when we start walking in righteousness and doing the right things, not doing the wrong things, which is why we had to have the conversation this morning, is because we've got to do the right things and do things in wisdom. We can't just go along and act like that stuff doesn't matter. It does matter. It's a part of stepping into righteousness and stepping up to another level, right? We love righteousness. We hate sin. And we're anointed with the oil, the oil of gladness, of gladness, the oil of joy, the oil of joy. It's the oil of joy. How can it be the oil of joy? Because when the oil comes, joy is the manifest portion of it. Joy is it. The oil of joy. The oil of joy. Also, what you'll find is when you actually are believing for the anointing of God to come, and this verse that I just turned you to, it says that the oil or the anointing will break the yoke. The yoke will be broken, shattered, destroyed because of the anointing. If you go in a, a newer translation, like the, in the King James, it says the anointing. In the New American Standard, it says the yoke will be destroyed because of the fatness, right? Because of the fatness. And the fatness simply means this. You are so blessed, you are so abundant that your neck gets so fast, fat that the yoke won't fit around you anymore. Matter of fact, it'll be broken forever out of the abundance of the oil that's on your life. Out of the abundance of the anointing that's on your life. And that anointing's going to bring some joy. I can sense that anointing dropping in here right now. It's already been here, but I'm telling you, there's more that's coming in right now. Who's receiving it? Who's going to walk out of here more fat and anointed than you were? Not physically, but more in the spirit in Jesus' name. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say, I declare.
declare you're a fat neck. You're a fat neck. In the spirit. Thank you. Glad you set that straight. You're a fat neck. In other words, when the devil comes with his yoke of bondage, it ain't going to work anymore. He, and, and how does that anointing come? It comes by walking in righteousness and being around the anointing that's imparted, being around preaching that has the anointing in it. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. Joy is in the anointing. Jesus said this. He said, I tell you these things so that my joy will be your joy and that your joy will be full. Full. Turn to Romans 15 and verse 13. Romans 15, 13. Put it up on the screen, please. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in the power of the Holy Spirit. How, how does the anointing come? By the power of the Holy Spirit. The power, the anointing. We need the Holy Spirit's operation in our lives. I want you to see this. We know put the verse back up. Leave it up for a few minutes. I want you to see this. It says, now may the God of hope. Now, if you know the biblical definition of hope, it is joy, confidence, three parts, joy, confidence, and expectation. If you're not in expectation of God to do things, then you're not in hope. If you're not in confidence that God will do it, you're not in hope. If you're not in joy, then you're not in hope. And so then when you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says faith is the substance or the support of things hoped for. In other words, faith brings what's hoped for into being. If I'm not in joy, confidence, and expectation, I've got no hope flowing I've got nothing for faith to manifest. And so I can be in faith but not in hope and there's no manifestation. Yeah. Right? So one of the things, we got to make sure that we're good in hope. But one of the things that I want you to see about hope is your joy. So all of a sudden you get to the place where you recognize where there's a flow of God, a flow of the Spirit, there's an anointing of joy. When I know what God's going to do, there's joy. Right? Joy surrounds the things of God going out and coming in. Joy becomes evident. That's why a Holy Ghost meeting is full of joy. Because that's why you can just get to preach. You ain't even saying anything funny. And people start laughing. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is present. Because God is present. Because he's trying to bring them an anointing of gladness to make their necks fat so that the yoke that the devil's been trying to fit around and lock down and sit ain't going to work anymore. And you start getting to the place where it's like, oh, well, I just put this on now. You know, the other night I was praying. I think it was for Kevin. And uh, if it, I think that was right. And I was, I was standing behind you. You were sitting in the chair. And I was just praying for you. And man, a, a laugh came out of me, came out of my spirit. 
It wasn't because it was funny just what I was saying. What happened was I just felt the release and the breaking of the garbage that had been trying to come on you in your life, and I felt the joy of the Lord come on me for you. And I knew right then, we just got the yoke broken off. We just got the breakthrough. And, was, <laughs> and, and you can learn that you can move into that even on purpose. Go back. All right, good. Thank you for leaving that verse up. Now may the God of hope, and we know hope, one of the definitions is joy, right? God is hope. He's a God of hope. That means he's a God of joy. He's a God of confidence. He's a God of expectation. He says, may this God of joy fill you with all joy and peace. All joy and peace. <laughs> Other side. Come over here in front of the chairs. Now may the God of joy fill you with all joy. <laughs> Why'd you do that, Pastor Brian? Because I saw in the Holy Ghost that's what to do. Well, why'd he have you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he received differently. Maybe you received differently. I don't know. Maybe it just woke you up. My Lord, what's he about to do? He looks crouched like a football player. Now, yeah, glory. Now may the God of joy fill you with all joy. May the God of joy fill you with all joy. Fill you with all joy. All joy. All joy. Well, that's strange. I don't understand it. I understand that that's the way the flesh thinks. But it's not strange to the Holy Ghost because he is that. He is that joy. He, he is that joy. It's who he is. Fill you with all joy and peace. In other words, the issue is when the joy starts to flood, flow into you, the anointing starts to flow into you, and all of a sudden there becomes a peace that passes understanding. Like this don't even make sense. I don't even know why I feel this way. I just feel like the pressure lifted off. Why? The anointing broke the yoke of that weight, and now the peace has come in. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Amen. Why you keep praying for him? He needs a touch. He needs a touch of the of the Holy Ghost, of the anointing, of the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Come on, our resident Methodists. <laughs> what was it? Lutheran, I missed. Resident Lutheran. I kept thinking Methodist. Well, glory to God. <laughs> glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> you didn't... Joy of 
of the Holy Ghost. Well, that doesn't make good sense to me. I know. I know it doesn't make good sense. Praise God, because everything that's been making sense to me ain't been working. I need something bigger than what makes sense. I need a power that's greater than me. I need an overflow. I need an anointing that's bigger than I have been, that's beyond what I'm comfortable with. I need a fatness in the Holy Ghost to break a yoke off. Good try, Johnny. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Because when the anointing comes, all of a sudden you're like, man, where I was carrying a weight, I just feel free. I feel peace. I feel peace. I feel peace. I feel peace. Put the verse back up. I feel peace. I feel peace. It comes. Now listen, it doesn't just come. It, you can actually jumpstart it. By believing, by faith. She was a bad Lutheran. The Lord said, I got to find a place for her somewhere. That's, that's probably not true. But it probably is now. <laughs> like, <laughs> She needed a touch from the Lord in her life. She'll tell you, I needed something that was bigger than me. The Lord sent me this crazy church that didn't shut down while every other church locked down. And all of a sudden, the, the life of God started touching her life. She started stepping into more and more. God started promoting her. God started lifting the weights off. He start, she started moving in the flow of the Spirit. Guess what came into her? I, I guarantee you, she has more peace now than she's ever had in her life because God's touched her yeah. with his joy, yeah. with his anointing. Glory to God. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. God, pick her up. Hoo-hoo-hoo. He's touched her with his joy and his peace. Pick her up. Here, you're probably going to need that again. Joy. Oh, that brings me joy. <laughs> All joy and peace in believing. Now, I will tell you, this is not good. It's not good. Don't, don't be like, I hope that never happens to me. That does not end well for that mindset. That's a bad, I'm telling you, don't, don't think that. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Don't, don't think it. Because then here you set God on a path because he loves you. He's got to correct you and discipline you. And if you think that that's not good for you, you're missing God. And his love for you demands that he correct that kind of thinking. So don't say, I hope that never happens to me. If you don't want it to happen, don't think it. Get it out of your head right now. I'm just telling you because there's something about it. I can't tell you how many times I've watched that happen. But we can start to believe God for the peace of God. 
and his anointing will start to flow. His joy will start to flow. I mean, the power of God will start to flow. And that joy will start to just overflow our lives. And you'll be like, I don't, see, it, it'll be like this. I don't even understand why I'm laughing. I don't know what's so funny. I just can't stop. But then you get up from the ground and it's like, I got peace. I got peace. And he says, you'll have this peace in believing so that you will abound in hope, I'll abound in joy. That means I got joy overflowing. I got joy overflowing. Just I'm walking around in my house and the joy hits me, overflowing, abounding. Confidence, abounding. Expectation, abounding. See, it's hard for me to have a day where I'm like, this is going to end bad, right? Why? Because when you get to overflowing in his anointing by, what's it say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, when you get to expecting and flowing in the Holy Spirit, it's bad to have, it's hard to have a bad day. It's hard for things to end bad because you got this confidence and expectation. Even if it starts bad, it can't end this way. No, there's an anointing by the power of the Holy Ghost that's real that brings healing in your body. That's healed how many people today? The power of the Holy Ghost. Not the power of Pastor Brian. No, it's the power of the Holy Ghost to bring an anointing where the bondage doesn't fit anymore. The bondage doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't fit anymore. A power and an anointing of the Holy Spirit. A power and an anointing of the Holy Ghost. Psalms 126. Hold your place there. Isaiah 12, 3 first. In the King James when they put it up. Isaiah 12, 3. Well, I don't. Therefore with, say it with me. Joy. Therefore with. Joy. Therefore with. Joy. Shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now, if you know anything about the saving work of Christ, you'll know that when you were born again in the fullness of the gospel of Christ, you'll know that I'm not being born again doesn't just buy me a ticket to heaven. There's a lot more in the package besides that. There's a lot more in the package beside that. Help him. There's a lot more in the package besides going to heaven. In the package of salvation, the first and biggest thing that you receive through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive a doorway to the fellowship with the Father, to an intimate fellowship with God. And in that moment, you have fullness of life. You have fullness of life. You have a fullness of life. That's the first thing. But the other thing that's also in Christ is He is your Savior, which means He'll save you from whatever it is you need saving from. If you have sickness in your body, He'll save you from that sickness. If you have lack and poverty, He'll save you from that lack and poverty. He'll bring you provision. If you need deliverance, He'll bring you deliverance from whatever it is you need delivering from. If you need restoration, He will restore you 
and He will restore you to the fullness. If you need to be redeemed, He will redeem you. If you need to be protected, He will protect you. All of this is not something we're waiting on. It's something that's in the finished work of Christ. It is finished. It's already done. He is your Savior. That's His character. That's His nature. That's who He is. That's what He's paid for. It's done. Done. That's how he can say, pray this way that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there's no lack, there's no sickness, there's no, there's no people that need to be restored in heaven. Instantly in the presence of God, it's all done. And he says, pray that you'll have heaven on earth. Pray that way. Command it to be so. So what we see is in the wells of salvation is an intimate fellowship with God, the presence of God. In the wells of salvation is healing. In the wells of salvation is deliverance. In the wells of salvation is prosperity. In the wells of salvation is protection. It's deliverance, restoration. All of this is in the wells of salvation. And Isaiah 12:3 shows us this, that with... Joy will draw from wells of salvation. In other words, either joy's the bucket or it's the action of pulling the bucket up. But either way, it's going to take joy to get that stuff in your life. And so what we start to realize is when I learn how to be in joy, I learn how to manifest salvation in my life. I can manifest healing in my life because I'll draw it up with joy. Oh, glory to God. I know I don't feel like it, but in the name of Jesus, I'm the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know my bank account don't look like it, but in the name of Jesus, I am prosperous in Him. I know I, I, I know I don't, I'm having these dreams of catastrophe, but in the name of Jesus, glory to God, the devil tried all that junk, but with joy I received the protection from the wells of salvation. All of a sudden, a joy and a peace comes on you. And that's the anointing, just like when I was praying for him the other night. I was praying for him, and all of a sudden, the joy just sprung out of me. <laughs> Glory to God. I knew it was done. I knew it was done. Why? Because the joy manifested on that prayer. And I just knew it. Now, I don't have to laugh every time. I can have joy without laughing, but, but it, it is a pretty good indicator of your joy. <laughs> Laughter is. Now look at Psalms 126. Did you hold your place there? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love this chapter. <laughs> I love this chapter. It's one of my favorites. Psalms 126, verse 1. There's some people in here that have been captive. That have been captive. They've been held captive by a yoke of the devil for too long. They've been held captive by sickness and disease. They've been held captive by poverty. They've been held captive by small thinking and they need deliverance from small thinking. They've been held captive by not feeling like they were worthy enough, by not feeling like they were righteous enough. But God's made you the righteousness of God in Christ. He declared your value and your worth when he died on the cross for you. There have been people that have been held captive. But 
Psalm 126, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion. Are we waiting? Are we waiting on the Lord to pay the price to set us free? Or has he already done it? Has he already finished it? It doesn't matter who we are, where we came from, where we were born at, what side of the tracks. Has he already brought you into his family if you know him? Has he already brought you to a place and restored and redeemed you from captivity? Has he already finished the work? When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, is he talking about you? Say he's talking about me. Yeah, he is. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Glory to God. We were like those that dream. It didn't make sense. You know how in a dream you'd be having a dream and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you wake up from the dream, and in the dream it was so real, and everything could happen in the dream, but then you wake up from the dream, and you're like, that didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> that made no sense whatsoever. Like, that was crazy. That was just crazy. Made no sense, no logic whatsoever. No sense. He said, when our captivity was restored, we were like those who dream. It didn't even make sense. Didn't even make sense. But we allowed ourselves into the entrance of salvation by joy and our mouths filled with laughter. And we entered into a place that people were like, why are you laughing? Do you not know how bad it is? Have you not seen your checking account? <laughs> Have you not seen it? Do you not know what the doctor's report said? And you just start laughing. And all of a sudden, and I understand, and there's a place to not give anybody around you any extra hurdles, but there's a place to release a laughter. There's a, there's a place to be like, you just don't know. You just, you just don't know. You just don't know. Like, I know this looks bad, but you just don't know my God. And you don't know what he's already done and what's about to happen right now. And they're going to be like, why are you laughing? Why are you in joy? You're going to be like, I'm like those who dream. And it doesn't even make any good sense. But I know that I know that I know, I know that God has done great things for me. I know that God's done great things. <laughs> we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. You know what that looks like? <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Ric Flair ain't got nothing on y'all. Let, now watch this. What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of this? <laughs> they said, then they said among the nations. See, when a people of God gets to this place, when the people of God get to the realities of God, they're not going to make sense to other people. It's going to step outside their comfort zone. But all of a sudden, what's going to happen is when it don't make sense, when the wind and the waves look like they're about to kill us, and Jesus says, stop, 
and it stops. Everybody's going to be like, who is this guy that the wind and the waves listen to him? You know? Who is this guy that the wind and the waves? This don't even make sense. But then you start getting to the place where you start expecting it. Like you become confident. You become in expectation. All of a sudden, in the midst of a storm, a joy will hit you. <laughs> oh, glory to God. What's about to happen now? Oh, this is going to be fun because I can't die here. I, I haven't decided to give up my life. I ain't dying on this hill. I'm not dying in this place. I ain't dying with these finances in the bank. No, God, <laughs> this day, I know it don't seem like it, but we become like those who dream because we've reached up into the things of God which aren't natural in this world, but they are natural to God. They're natural to him. And it doesn't make sense to everybody around us. And, and shoot, it didn't make sense to us like two hours ago. But it makes sense now because we start tapping into who God is. A God of hope. A God of joy. A God of confidence. A God of expectation. I'm looking for it. Oh, Lord, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do, Lord? What you going to do? You're about to do something. It's going to be great and mighty. <laughs> Glory to God, it's going to be awesome. Hey, y'all, watch this. You know, and it's going to be awesome. How's he going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. But watch, because I know the character of my God. I know his love for me. I know, I know him. I know he's already paid a price for me not to sit here. Yeah. I know he's already paid a price for me not to for me not to have any plans written in the destiny of my life for tragedy. Because yeah. I know the plans that God has for me to give me a future and a hope for me to fare well and not for calamity. Yeah. He's got no plans for your calamity according to Jeremiah 29:11. This can't be the end. This can't be it. No, that ain't happening. That's not happening. And all of a sudden, a joy rises up in you. Oh, this ain't it. What looks like it in front of me, this, this, uh, this short temptation, this easy and light affliction, this temporary thing, it can't end here. It can't stop. No, there's something beyond. There's a restoration in the salvation of God. There, there's a restoration just like there was to Job. Looked so horrible, looked so bad. And in the end, God restored him twice what he had before. Job's book is not a tragedy. It's a victory. It's a victory. You think God left him with all the pain in his mind? No, God, it says he was restored. God doesn't just say, okay, I'm going to restore your money, but not restore your mind. No, God restores all, or he restores none. It's one or the other, and he's a restorer. That's who he is. That's his character. That's his nature. When he restores me, he's going to do it all. He's going to take me up. He's not going to leave me broken and beat up and busted. No, he's going to reach in there, even when we don't think anything's happening, grab a hold of our family, grab a hold of our son, lift him up, stand him in front of you, and make him, make him be seen for the God that's in him. And then remind you, remember when I said it's going to be okay? I meant it. It's a testimony, isn't it? It's awesome. Goes from being that to being a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Could you imagine it years ago? But God had it in his plan, didn't he? Come here. Lord, right now, watch after him. Seal him in the name of Jesus. Let him be sealed and let him be a testimony. And Lord, let this mama's prayers that were according to your will be 100% manifested in his life and let the joy and the peace of God overflow her in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then we were like those who dream, and our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with joyful shouting. With joyful shouting. And what's the purpose? Then they said among the nations. They said among the nations. In other words, they said it among the people that didn't even believe God. That's what it's talking about. They said it among the heathen. The people didn't even go to church. People don't even recognize God. I remember one time I was talking not to an atheist but an agnostic. And not, agnostic believes there is a God. They just choose not to believe in him. And, and the message, I hadn't talked to him yet, but the message said this. Brian, what was that? God was here. I was like, the fact that you recognize that God was here tells me something supernatural just happened. They said among the nation, they said among the heathen nations, look at what they said. The Lord has done great things for them. You got people that don't even trust God, but they're saying God's done something here. I can't deny it. God's done something here. It reminds me of all these different testimonies at the doctor where the doctor don't want to believe in God, but they'll say, I don't know, something has happened. Yeah, something has a name. His name is Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my hope. He's my life and he's the light of, of my life. This is who happened. This is what happened. The God of our salvation has showed up. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Say that with me. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Say it again. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Oh, it would do us well to get that in our hearts and coming across our lips on a regular basis. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Verse 4, restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears will reap with joyful shouting. While I'm in the midst of receiving the manifestation... It might not have felt good, but that's not how it's going to end because it's going to end good. It might not have felt good when I started, but it's going to end good. God is a restorer. Restore us. Those who sow in tears will reap with joyful shouting. Amen. Do you receive it? We'll reap with a joyful shout. In other words, now I want you to get a picture of this. I want you to get a picture, right? You're going along. You're, you're reaping. Hey, Mom, have you ever heard the bean story, right? <laughs> I told it last week. All right, and, and they're reaping, and they're reaping, and they're reaping. Now, now, I want you to see, they're not just reaping. They're not just reaping like, oh, this is good, this is good, this is good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. No, they got something coming out their mouth. Yeah. 
with a joyful shout. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I remember when I was planning this and I didn't have the manifestation. I was crying that day. It didn't feel good. But today, I got a harvest. Oh, today, I've got a harvest. I've got an overflow. I got my healing. I got my deliverance. I got my prosperity. Always bless me. Woo, glory. Right in the middle of the harvest. Some get a hold of you. A Holy Ghost dance, a Holy Ghost shout, a joy, a laughter, a praise. Those who sowed in tears, they reaped with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy. Is there a shout of joy in here tonight? Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Is there a joyful shout? Can you get a joyful shout not just at a Holy Spirit service? Can you maybe just put it on on purpose? Can you carry it with you? Stick a joyful shout in your pocket and just pull it out when you need it. Like, hey, hallelujah, glory to God. Maybe not in the bank. (laughs) But when you need it, maybe it needs to be in the bank. Sometimes we're afraid of what everybody else thinks. Maybe it needs to be there. The Lord will lead you. He'll show you. But you just got it. Oh, glory to God. It may have started bad. It may have started with tears and weeping, but that ain't how it's ending. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. We reap with a joyful shout. (laughs) Those that sowed in tears and weeping shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him bringing his sheaves with him. If you're ready for a joyful shout to become your norm, ready for a joyful shout to become your norm, to become the normal, I'm carrying it with me all the time, ready for a joyful shout, ready for the power of God, for the healing of God to go with you everywhere you go. It may start not looking good, but it never ends bad. It always ends good with a joyful shout. 